Hey, everybody, it's Natalie Alicia Gold with the Gold Standard. And today I am so blessed to be with my friend Shelly Zalas. Hey, Shelly. Hey, I'm always so thrilled to be with you. It's exciting. Every conversation goes from conversation to action with this electrifying energy. So you bring it. You bring it, girl. And I'm just looking at you and I'm getting excited. So, so let me tell you all, in case you've been living under a rock and you don't know who this amazing woman is, I want to give her a little shout out as to all the amazing, amazing things that Shelly has done in her life. So she was the first chief executive in a top 25 research industry position. She changed the game. She's absolutely an international powerhouse and thought leader, especially in the area of advancing equality in the workplace. For women, this is the woman you need to know. She elevates feminine strengths in the workplace and has devoted herself to becoming a mentor and role model to women and leaders in her industry. As the CEO today of the Female Quotient, She is advancing gender equality across industries with multiple different initiatives, such as the Girls' Lounge, where she is literally activating solutions for change for women. She is a speaker from coast to coast, left to right, up and down, although today I guess we're doing everything on Zoom. (laughs) And look, she is giving a voice as an advocate for women in the world. Shelly, how are you? Well, after that, I, 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 I'm inspired and exhilarated. And I really just want to say more than ever, it really is about power of the pack. And I always say a woman alone has power collectively. We have impact. And I think that's where the momentum has come from. Because, you know, this energy or this energy force is this collective. Imagine women supporting other women. That's where we find our voice, stand up, stand out, and create the changes that we want to see and that we want to be a part of. Shelly, you know, we all, as women advocates, got a crushing blow about 12 days ago with the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And just, you know, just thinking about really brings tears to my eyes. And where do we go from here, Shelly? Well, first of all, it is it is a crushing blow because she passed, yet I think that it is a passing glow. So, you know, let's look at the glow and the halo effect that she's created and the pay it forward moment. What RBG, what she wants more than anything else is that her legacy of using her voice was was not for no reason. She handed the baton to us. And I think that that to me is what is so inspiring about the legend is the legacy of change, but most importantly, the legacy of action. What she said is inaction is unacceptable. Even if you're alone and you're the minority in the room, you act and feel like the majority and you lead that way with positivity and proactivity. And when I see that photograph, which is what I see all the time of RBG standing in a law classroom at Harvard, all men, and there's RBG. 
grace with grit. And she didn't even understand what her power was. She didn't even understand what her responsibility was until she became that. And every day, the decisions that she made pushed her to the next ones and the next ones and the next ones. And so I see this as the glow and that it is now we all are taking that baton of confidence and that baton of, you know, standing up for one another. Um, I take that very seriously. As do I. And as you're speaking, I'm literally getting chills because she stepped into that power and that role. And, And truthfully, I agree with you. I mean, I wish that heaven forbid, you know, at 120, when we're no longer here, that we make the impact that RBG has made. A sliver of that I'd be happy with, right? I mean, what she did was beautiful. And and I think you're right. It is now the collective woman's opportunity and obligation to rise up. Well, and I think it's also, you know, gender equality is not a female issue. It's a social and economic issue. It's men and women. It's about being conscious humans and conscious leaders and that intentionality of choice. I always say equality is a choice. Unconscious bias is an excuse. If you use the word unconscious, you're conscious. Once aware of the biases, then we need the education. Then we need the solutions for action. Then we need the accountability so that we will look back whenever that is with living legacy. You don't have to wait until you die to know that you're making a difference. Every day we have permission. We, We don't need it. We take it to make the world a better place. And that requires each and every one of us taking that responsibility and that accountability. I couldn't agree more. And often when people say and talk about the Me Too movement, I like to say, let's go from Me Too to We Too. You know, it just can't be all women all the time, like you said, because men are 50% of the equation. And they need to also be advocates for the equality of all people, for humanity. Well, women didn't put themselves in this position, you know, right. and I say, especially in the workplace. The rules of the workplace were written over 100 years ago by men for men when women just weren't in the workplace. And if we truly want to achieve gender equality, and of course, we need racial equality. And right now we're talking about menstrual equality. I mean, really just being equal and understanding that our differences are our greatest strength. We need men. We need women. We all need to thrive together in the workplace. But it is ensuring that we have that seat at the table and that we close the gaps. We need to close the parity gaps the wage gaps. Like why are women on average paid 80 cents on the dollar? Now I think it's 81 cents. We've moved up a cent. Black women, 64 cents on the dollar. Latinas, 53 cents on the dollar. That's just not fair. And then you look at the pipeline. As you said, we start 50-50. We actually start 51-49. And then we end at less than 17% in the C-suite. And where we fall off is in middle management or what we call the messy middle which becomes a caregiving challenge. That's one of the biases, you know, the motherhood penalty. So we also need to rewrite the policies. I'm so, with you. I'm so with that we ensure that we all can bring our best selves, our whole selves and our true selves to the workplace. I, and you know, Shelly, I love this. And in my second book, Money Mama, I literally write, you're an empowered woman until you're a mom. And then it's like, how dare you go back to work? How dare you do anything for yourself? You're going back to work? What is it? You can't win. Yeah. So, Shelly, what do we do? We got to fix this. You know, listen, I think that um, 
time is precious and, you know, not everything is going to happen overnight, but we definitely need to push forward and make progress. I mean, with this uh, twin crisis, you know, with BLM and with COVID, women have been disproportionately impacted once again, and we have gone backwards. We have set the time clock backwards. So in order to go forwards, we need to, you know, believe in ourselves. And, you know, one of the things that I want to say is when you look at the greatest strengths of leadership today, those strengths are the feminine. They are nurturing, compassion, empathy, passion, collaboration, you know, supporting one another, resilience. Those are caregiving qualities. And the oxymoron is we're losing our best leaders to caregiving. And so the first thing that we must acknowledge is if companies want to have the best leaders, not just the available leaders, we are going to need to life stage accommodate and work around all of these, you know, parts. I don't even say I want to say challenges. They're not challenges. They're all, you have one life with many dimensions. You have your friends, your work, you have your community, you have your friends and you have yourself. And now the sixth one, which makes it more complicated, we also have responsibility for homeschooling. Because caregiving is still predominantly by default a female issue and leadership by default is a male issue. And so I think we need to understand, especially with COVID, there's always a silver lining. We see that flexibility, fluidity, time blocking works. It's working. And so if we could keep the parts that are working and bring them forward in whatever the new normal is, and I say don't go back to what it was. Let's create a more equitable normal based on right. what we've been experiencing. There's so much opportunity. And let's get rid of the junk in the trunk. We've got this great pause moment to get rid of the stuff that's not working, free up the space and put in some new things with permission where you know women and primary caregivers are no longer the exception to the rule, but it becomes the new norm. 100%. These are the kinds of things that we need to start working on. And they're not hard, really not hard. You know, Shelly, I I have to tell you, which I know you're not going to be surprised by. I put out for my law firm that I own a, uh, an an ad saying, you know, I want lawyers, I want parents and I want moms and our vision and our mission is love lifting and uplifting others to live vivacious, victorious and extraordinary lives. The amount of lawyer women who are brilliant and have gone through everything and are sending me messages in the hundreds saying, I cannot believe that you exist in the world. And I mean, it's every, it's the legal profession. It's the medical profession. It's. But Natalie, think about the words you just used. And this is where it's rewriting the lexicon in fortune 500. When we're looking for a CEO, we say we're looking for an aggressive, assertive, decisive, linear, analytic CEO that can deliver a great ROI, return on investment. But what you just said, your job description was, I'm looking to bring love and fierceness. And you used a whole different set of words that as a woman, I relate to that. And by the way, not only am I filled with goodness and love, you know, and I work with purpose and passion and resilience, but I also can deliver an ROI in incredible ways. So, you know, it's the the language that you're using is going to also attract those kind of humans. And that's what it takes. It's how do we humanize the workplace? 
where it's not just about your resume of what school you went to, like what you do, but how about that resume of who you are? And if you truly want to create this culture of care, this culture of safety, this culture of security, this culture of belonging, where it's not just representation and filling quotas, but it's about reflection and letting everyone be comfortable You know, I always say when you love what you do, it's called passion. When you don't, it's called stress. How do we unlock the purpose and passion of our employees? And when you do that, that increases satisfaction, that increases bottom line, that increases innovation, that increases everything. So not complicated. We just have to recruit differently. Yes. And when you say the word different, that scares people. Oh, I don't know how to do that. So I'm going to opt out. No, take that chance. Try something new. It might be scary, but the reward will far exceed your fear every single time. 100%. And Shelly, what I love that you do too, is one of your initiatives is really going to schools and helping these students get opportunity. And I always say, you know, I'm on the board of my college for the law council. I go back all the time. I, I take so many kids under my wing as internships or whatever, and I place them in jobs. But the fact is, when you go to an academic advisor, whether or not you're paying 50 grand a year or more to your school, they don't have those connections. So in my mind, and this is, you know, my big thing is, why are we allowing our children at 17 years old to decide to go into $300,000 worth of debt? What's, you know, what you're doing is bridging that gap between the workplace and the education plays, and that's the right thing. Well, I mean, you know, we always talk about the next generation, and I say the next generation is the now generation. They are leading today. We all are leaders. You don't need a CEO title to be a leader. Leadership is not about age. Leadership is not about title. Leadership is about action. And an action that every person coming into the workplace and in the workplace can do is make others around them feel comfortable. Anyone that is waiting for that one person to make your bed, you know, there's a great video that I'm obsessed with, which is from a Navy SEAL officer, and it's a graduation speech, but watch the one that's on YouTube with the pictures and, you know, the all the production editing to it. And he says, you know, when you get up in the morning, make your bed. He says, because even if you have a lousy day, you're going to come home and your bed will be made and your bed was made by yourself. And if you can't do the easy things in life, you can't, you know, do the hard things in life. And then he goes on to talk about diversity in the Navy and that when the crews go to take out their boats, most people pick all the guys that are tall and strong. He says, those are the boats that sink. He says, the boats that always win are the ones that are filled with diversity. Men, women, race, age, different you know, parts of the world. That's where you have true diversity and it, 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 it wins every single time. And so that to me is just so important. Make your bed, know that you have to take responsibility for yourself and the people that are surrounding you. Don't wait for someone else to do your dirty work for you, you know, not complicated. And the other thing that I love is hire for the team, not for the job. Because when you hire for a team, you actually are rounding it out with the right people versus just the skills, you know, that you have learned in school. It's, it's the life lessons and it's, it's, it's the supporting others around you. That's what makes successful business. 
Shelly, you, every ounce of you, I can feel you, is this is your mission in life. I mean, clearly, right? This is your work. This is your love. This is what, who you are in the world. So what was it about equality that for you lit your passion? You know, I think for me, it's it's all, you know, I would say mentorship in the moment. It's not about having one mentor. There's no one mentor that has all the answers. The best answers come from people who have been there, done that, you know, experience. And so I think, you know, I have been in Fortune 500 in the workplace for over 35 years, a really long time, 36 years. I don't know. You started time. at three years old. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 58. So if we started at 20 two or something, it, it, it adds up uh, very quickly. But I think it's a lot of my experiences. I was the only female CEO, top 25, my entire career. And I knew that I thought differently than all my male peers. Um, and I was also sort of taught or my perception, which actually wasn't reality, was that I needed to conform to the rules that made no sense, didn't work for me, wanting to be a, a great mom and involved with my kids as well. I didn't want to make it an either or scenario. Um, and I knew that I was always told, you know, there's no room for emotion in the boardroom. So I had the option of agreeing, which didn't make any intuitive sense to me or do what I would, what I did, which was write a speech to and deliver to thousands, go bring emotion to the boardroom. It was that moment. And I call them heartbeat moments that I realized that I'm not like everyone else. And if I was like everyone else, I wouldn't be necessary. I need to be me with permission. And if no one's given it to me, I'm going to give myself permission, no apology, permission, not, not needed. I'm just going to take it. And it was in that moment where I decided I wanted to give back with generosity what I wish I had rising the ranks my entire career. And so the girls lounge, I started by accident to take on the boys club, the opposite of boy girl, the opposite of club lounge. If there's a boys club, now there's a girls lounge. And I never had women supporting me. You know, I didn't have any role models. They were all men at the top. And, um, you know, how you have the work-life balance, you know, challenges, which is a whole other conversation, no such thing as balance. And the imposter syndrome, I'm not good enough, I'm not qualified, because I'm not like them, right. you know. And it was those moments where I decided it's time to bring us all together and just start being who we are and getting others to come around. Now our girls' lounges are called equality lounges because where change has to happen is in the workplace with C-suite leadership. I don't care if you're a man or a woman, if you're a leader, you have the power to make a difference. And we need to unlock that, you know, that untapped um, need in the, in the workplace if we want to see changes happen. So it really happened by accident. We now have over 50,000 women globally connected to one another, supporting one another. And we do a lot of um, business of equality, closing the gaps, parity policy pipeline through boot camps inside of Fortune 500 to help companies become equality fit. That's so beautiful. I was going to ask you, you know, what's next? Mm. But the answer is clear. I mean, I see no reason that it won't be 5 million people that you touch in the next year and 10x that the year after that. I mean, I just... I am such a fan, Shelly, of everything that you're doing. And it's the work that has to be done in the world. It is. It's, you know, when you when you ask yourself that question, and this is what RBG, she didn't even understand every day what she was doing. She just knew she had to do it. And then you look back and say, well, look, look how far I've come. I think, um, you know, the impact that we 
together are making from conscious leaders in Fortune 500 companies collaborating, which is the first time in history that we are all uniting on equality, which is across every equation. You know, the female quotient, when you add more women to any equation, there's a return on equality. Marketing, media, advertising, research, technology, sports, TV, film, uh, world leaders, finance, all these industries, same law, same situation. You know, how do we ensure that we can attract and retain our best talent and not just the available talent? And in order to do that, we need to rewrite the rules. And I think that, you know, my nickname in, in the industry is chief troublemaker. I had to break all the rules to write the new ones. And listen, it's hard to break the rules. It's where you fail. It's where you, 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 you learn from your mistakes. You know, all those things are so true. And I've been there. I've started companies. I've sold companies. You know, I've been that women, you know, female CEO that has been told no. And I had to find the yeses and I had to zig when others zagged. And and so if I can share these experiences and help others not make the same mistakes that I made, you know, learn from them so that they can move forward, make new mistakes, but always pay it forward um, and give back with generosity. That's what it's about. And you also use the right word, the amplifier. It's a 10 times magnitude pay it forward and it works. And there is nothing that can't be done if we put our minds to it and helping women around the world. You know, I was on my way to Islamabad right before COVID to help the women in Pakistan. And I had just come from Saudi Arabia and I was off to Guatemala to help women being sex trafficked. We all have a role to play, big or small. It just starts with yes. And then the second question is, what can I do for you? But if you go in with the yes, and I can, and I will, and I am, then all of a sudden it becomes the we are making a difference. And, and I, I think that that's what life is about, is, is living life in the moment and making those moments matter. So beautiful, Shelly. And if you could give your one greatest piece of advice, what would it be? Um, well, Oscar Wilde says it best, be yourself because everyone else is taken. So I, I just say, believe in you. Um, what I learned in Temple for the Jewish holiday, Yom Kippur, I was reading the English translation of one of the prayers. And they said that a human has three responsibilities. One is inward. It's being in touch with who you are and who you want to be, not what you do but who you want to be, what you want to stand for, that only you can control. That's inward. The other is upward, your relationship with God. You know, what is that relationship you have? And the third is the outward. What are you doing for the community? And I think that we all have those three components, um, whether we unlock them and we're in touch with them or not, but we have the inward, the upward, and the outward. And that's a life worth living. So beautiful, Shelly. I could talk to you forever and ever and ever, and I'm sure our viewers are clinging onto their seats for more. So I want to bring you back to the gold standard. Yes. As much as I can get you. And I know you're very busy and I, I really appreciate your time, Shelly. It, it just, you're awesome. And you're doing such beautiful work in the world. I am proud to stand next to you or sit next to you on Zoom. And I hope one day hold hands 
as we, you know, truly light the path forward. Well, I'm giving you a big virtual hug and sending you so much love and so much light. And I cannot wait for our next conversation. Thank you, Shelly.